the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program, and by the way, it's not just Pastor Ron Arbaugh today, it's the Date Day Show, and that means Paula is live in studio with me on the program. This is a program dedicated, as you know, to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, whatever's on your heart, and especially today with Paula here, whatever questions you might have, she looks like she's ready to answer. All you have to do is dial 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And as always, if you're driving in your car on these wet streets, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Okay, Paul, it's your show. Except I'm going to say one thing. I was going to remind you that you said you had something you wanted to say to start. So go ahead, <laughs> uh, older man. <laughs> Older men. Than me. Because <laughs> you always say I'm the younger one that I'm supposed to remember, but you really did all right. You you said older. I think, think that you didn't say old. Yeah, no. Older than me. Okay. That's all. And you're 31? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> 27. That's my favorite number. Yeah. I had a, a, um, a neat thing, you know, neat thing. I oh. sometimes have a hard time sleeping. Mm-hmm. So here we go. So, so that's not a neat Older. thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a neat thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and uh, once in a while, when I uh, I put a radio earplug in my ear, and today it was five o'clock in the morning. I was up, and so I'm trying to get back to sleep. Put the radio earplug in my ear. That's because it's date day. We can sleep in. <clears throat> yeah, so, that's the sh- well. Okay. Hey, when you get older, <laughs> yeah, you don't right. sleep in. Much. See, I, I was good. <clears throat> so, um, I, you know, it shuts my mind off. And and I was listening, and and um, uh, my own radio program came on at five thirty mm-hmm. this morning, and at five thirty I'm I'm listening, and and it's a Bible study that I did twelve years ago, uh, in the Book of Judges. Mm-hmm. I, I I love teaching the Book of Judges; it's fun. And in this particular case, as an example, I was talking about three people in our church. They had done worship that Wednesday night. And, and just talking about how the Lord is using them and what a blessing they are. Now, that's 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, let me jump ahead just a little bit because often when I'm going through my old notes or I listen to an old radio program that I did, you know, if I wake up at the same time, um, you know, I'll, I'll have people's names. And I never talk about anybody without asking for permission. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll, they'll, I'll, I'll mention, well, this guy did this or this woman or this family. God's doing something. And so often, Paula, my heart is just crushed because, uh, you know, 10 years have gone by or eight years have gone and they're no longer walking with the Lord at all. Mm-hmm. And their lives have sort of gone shipwrecked. And in this particular case, um, I was talking about um, Matthew, Chris, 
and no, not not Chris. Uh, that Victoria, Chris, and Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, Victoria, Chris, and Johnny mm-hmm. were the three I was talking about. Now, twelve years ago, they were kids. Now, all three of those people, mm-hmm. and I talk about how the Lord is using them. What a what a gift they've been to the church. Now. Uh, th- those kids were born in our church. Mm-hmm. I mean, they maybe were, it was Matthew, <clears throat> Victoria, and and Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and they were born in church, and and they're all they've grown so much. They're all married. Mm-hmm. They've got kids. Mm-hmm. They're serving the Lord. <laughs> uh, Matthew is a youth pastor, my high school pastor mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. at Calvary Chapel. Uh, Vicky is a teacher at our academy. She graduated from our school, mm-hmm. and now she's a teacher at our academy. She uh-huh. teaches second grade or first grade? One of those. One of the, yeah, one of those. I think first grade. <laughs> and, uh, and, and now she's married and has two kids of her own. Mm-hmm. And Johnny, who's been around from birth, really, mm-hmm. um, he, he's, work took him. He had to move to, to Frisco, Texas. And he's, or in that area, yeah. and, and he's involved at the Calvary Chapel in Frisco. I think he's on staff there. Mm-hmm. And all of them are serving the Lord, and they're just doing wonderful. And so I just thought, oh, God, thank you. I needed that encouragement. Mm-hmm. Because it's true, some of those people really finish well. And and those three young people, now young parents, and amazing. just doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing thing. So the Lord was just sort of giving me a little kiss in yeah. the middle of the night, yeah. and and um, I got back to sleep for yes, a little right. bit. And they're all involved in worship as well. You know, <clears throat> Vicky's a school teacher here as well, and then she's on, uh, well, you said that, but she's on one of the worship teams. Yeah. Yeah. Keyboard player and singer. Mm-hmm. And, she's really amazing. Yeah. I mean, I held her as an infant. I know. <laughs> I was standing right next to you because you get to always hold the babies first. Yeah, and Matthew married her sister. Yes. Who wasn't even born? Yeah, I know. When, Amazing, when right? They came to this church. Well, see, yeah. older. Oh yeah. See, that's the fruit, you know. And and I know pastors. Wow. There are pastors that listen to this program. Um, one of the things I am the most grateful for, uh, and I've shared this, that uh, I didn't even know what a pastor did. Really, mm-hmm. I knew he, he preached, but mm-hmm. beyond that, I didn't know what a pastor did when I got saved. And the reality was that that. Um, um, I, I ran into pastors who would be transferred by their denominations every two or three years. That would kill me. That that would just we we how much would we have missed? I know it. You fall in love with people oh. and then have to leave again. Oh yeah, but, no! But, but see, I but, get to dedicate uh, babies of babies I dedicated. Yeah. And marry them. Well, of course. And and that's just the longevity of saying. I had a young man write in yesterday ask about. Uh, he thinks he's called to be a pastor and mm-hmm. wants to be a pastor. How should he prepare? Yeah. Well, well, it, Anthony. It, okay, Because I take yeah. notes. I write. I, I get all the notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's the best way to prepare to be a pastor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you miss all of that if you don't hang in there. Yeah. It's just a great thing. So for Johnny and Vicky and Matthew, uh, boy, the Lord is so pleased with them, mm-hmm. and we get to we get to share in that mm-hmm. joy. I know. I'm so glad. Okay, that's the end of my stuff. Now it's your show. Well, I was thinking, babe, and how the Lord sets itself for success and not failure. And, of course, you know, we were talking about how, you know, we measure success differently than what God measures success. And I started thinking about a few people. And besides Abraham, I thought about Noah. You know, Noah out there, he's called to build the ark and for 120 years he's building and he's telling the people you know judgment is coming it's gonna come it's gonna rain they're like what in the world is rain you know kind of a thing and when the day finally finally comes you know only eight people and that's his family and yet you know he was successful in his ministry because he did what God said yeah you know, we we think if we do exactly what God says and he's called, it's going to work out perfectly. And I, I don't remember what day it was because I have a lot of notes. <laughs> I think it was one, not re, it was recent where you said to repent of expectations. Yeah. You said repent of expectations. Yeah, no, it was just, probably last night. N- oh, no, it wasn't that soon. <laughs> Come on now. Come on. Wait a minute. Wait. I, I know it was, it was just recent. It's, it's okay. Okay, mean. but... Uh, anyway, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. It was 
Sunday. Okay. Yes. Um, but repent for having expectations. Just do what God says to do and leave the results to him. I mean, I hear you say that quite often. That's really difficult to do because we think, okay, God told me to do this, and it's going to turn out great. Going to change the world. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> but can you imagine being in that ark for a whole week, right, before? Seven days. Yeah. Um, and the people are outside, let me in, let me in, you know. I can't do anything. The Lord has sealed us in. But eternity's forever. Um, I, do you think any of those people said before they died, okay, I believe. I'm just asking a question. Well, no, because their their hearts, you know, the Bible says that uh, every inclination of their heart was only evil all the time. And they were mocking um, um, what the New Testament calls Noah, a preacher of righteousness. So, you know, we, we wonder, why did it take 120 years? Well, mm-hmm. we know God's the one in control of the time schedule. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, if you just worked, if you just built, you could build it faster. But he was preaching. Yeah. And the people would come by and, and imagine the, the ridicule that his wife and his children would have to endure. Oh, crazy Noah, you're his kid, or you're, mm-hmm. you're married to no poor woman. You know, people called you poor Paula mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. because you were married to me. Yeah. And, and that, that was the case. But, but their hearts get seared. One of the things I tell people is when people stop listening, stop talking, because their hearts grow harder. Mm-hmm. The more information they get, the harder their hearts become in rebellion against God. And that's certainly what would have happened. And Noah's ministry would appear to us to be a failure mm-hmm. um, because only eight people, nobody listened to him. But that wasn't what God asked him to do. He didn't ask him to convert anybody. That's right. He just said, tell them. They will be without excuse. You tell them. Mm-hmm. And, and as a preacher of righteousness, that's what he did. But he also spoke to them, Paula, um, through his witness of, of faithful work. You know, if you think about it, he's building a boat. Mm-hmm. They're nowhere near the water. It has never rained mm-hmm. on earth up to that point. And people say, what are you doing? And judgment is coming. Now, I, I'm not sure. The Bible doesn't tell us. I'm not sure that Noah knew it was going to come in terms of, of rain. Um, Noah didn't under, couldn't understand rain any more than anybody else could. Mm-hmm. But God said, hey, right where you are, you build that ark and, um, and, and just do what I tell you to do. Yeah. And, you know, in our culture, if God says, well, I'm going to bring the animals. Well, how are we going to do animals? How are you going to get animals on the boat? And how are you going to take... <laughs> so, so, I mean, there's all kinds of things that we do uh, because we can't figure something out. And Noah, obviously, is in Hebrews 11 mm-hmm. because he was obedient. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. That's exactly right. And he was obedient. So expectations could have derailed the ministry. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I point that out so often because expectations are what the devil uses to discourage us. Uh, when we And we've been talking about this a little bit in, in our Acts study as well. When we got here, uh, we had expectations. You know, God called me to be a pastor. I'm going to start a church. Mm-hmm. People are going to come and it's mm-hmm. going to look like a church. Mm-hmm. And none of that happened Mm-mm. for three years uh, I shared in in a, in a message for three years. There didn't look like anything resembling a church that was starting. And it's, you know, what am I doing wrong, Lord? Please tell me what I'm doing wrong. Um, but but He just said, "Do what I tell you to do." And one day people start showing up, and you know this better than anybody. I'm still amazed anybody shows up yeah. on Sunday mornings. Yeah, I get up now and I say, "Well, Lord, you know what? I know we're going to be packed three services mm-hmm. today." And because we're going to be packed, three services, um, you're bringing people that are lost and hurting and hungry and broken, needy, confused, fearful and angry. Mm-hmm. So, so let, let, let's add to your family today. Yeah. And it's still an amazing thing, a, a blessing that anybody comes at all. And one of these days, if 13 people show up again, and that's all, then I think I'm at the place in my life where I'll say, God, thank you for these 13. Yeah. Let's bring it. Yeah. Yeah, you did really well during COVID. It was less than 13 in here. And I was like, whoa, he's just, he's teaching just like the place is full. That was awesome. Yeah, I had practiced. So. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in Bible college, the audience doesn't know this, but when I was in Bible college, uh, there was a sanctuary, an auditorium 
um, that was kind of out of the way. Mm-hmm. And I would go down there after dinner while everybody else was eating dinner because I couldn't eat the food. It was mm-hmm. horrible food. <laughs> and so I'd go down there and I'd preach. Mm-hmm. And all there was was empty chairs yeah. and a pulpit. Yeah. And I was up there and I'd preach. And I'd do it impromptu without study. But I went through the Book of Romans while I, while I was up there. And so when COVID came, and there was nobody, mm-hmm. and I'm preaching to a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, it I was, was there, Pastor. I don't say nobody. Well, we yeah, we had Come eight, on, eight people, sound people, there you go, right? Worship team. Okay, but but when when <laughs> when we were we were doing that, um, it was like, hey, God prepared me for this. Mm-hmm. He set me up for success. Success. Yeah. That's right. I tell you, I like how you did that there, Pastor. <laughs> and then I think about Naomi. You know, God set her up for success. You know, her husband had taken her and her sons over to uh, the wash basin. And, you know, then the husband and the two boys die. But she had enough Jesus in her to, you know, impress Ruth, who says, I'll go back. But God set her up for success. He let her know that he was feeding his people again, that there was food and and that she could come home, you know. and she was successful in her ministry to Ruth, even though she was still bitter, you know. And, you know the she, Lord has <laughs> made my life bitter. It's yeah. worse for me than it is for you, all that stuff. She had expectations, but it was all junk. Yeah. You know, just, just um, don't call me Mara. Uh-huh. I mean, don't, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Call yeah, me yeah, bitter. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and she just expected that the rest of her life was going to be as horrible as what had happened and mm-hmm. just filled with grief and bitterness. Mm-hmm. Um, and God was around her. And, and, you know, this is probably not true. But I always picture Ruth a lot being a lot like you. Oh, what? You know, when when everybody's down, you're going, "Hi, uh-huh. yeah, isn't that good?" Mm-hmm. You know that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And and her witness won Naomi over. Yeah. So he set her up for success as well. Yes, he did. Because he surrounded her yeah. with with somebody who's going to be faithful. Yeah. You know, thank you for that compliment because um, even. Monday night afterwards, and I'm sorry, May, if you're listening, because I did not tell you how the Q&A went. She had asked me because she'd been sick and so about the Q&A. So I'm telling you now, um, uh, it was about learning to be content and being grateful. Um, Annette was the one who was really um, pointing this out. You know, we can find something to be grateful for. It's, and I was saying, yeah, it's real easy to be negative and what I don't have and what I'm missing out on. No, we can all find something to be grateful for. And since the Lord has told me, um, look, I, I want you to be an encourager since I was like fifth grade. Didn't even know it was him talking. I was a cheerleader, you know, forever. Um, I woke up today. If I'm in pain, I'm still awake because I can feel the pain. Um, I have a nice house. I, I have a, a man who loves Jesus, his word, and me, his calling. I mean, we can find stuff to be grateful for. I have some food in my refrigerator. I have some clothes. I was telling them, you know, you look in your closet. I don't have anything to wear. I have no sleeve shirts, white to black. Short sleeve shirts, white to black. Three-quarter length sleeve <laughs> shirts, white to black. Long sleeve. I mean, you get my point. And there's so many times you go to the closet, it's like, oh, man, I don't have anything to wear. Yes, you do. Shut up, you know. (laughs) Um, I have running water, hot and cold. Um, Yeah, I have a roof over my house. Just, we can Lately, we've been grateful that there's been heat. Praise the Lord, there's been (laughs) heat, Pastor Ron. And whoever invented, like, heating pads, I just want to kiss them right on the lips. But they're, they're... Hopefully with Jesus, because that that's a heavenly thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's so much we can. We but we have to practice. It's like faith. We you have to put it into practice. And if you practice being grateful, um, then the depression and all those things kind of take a take a back seat. And when you think about heaven, you know, I, I was thinking the other day when I got COVID the second time, um, it was one of the best things that happened to me. I had to be home and just with Jesus all throughout the day. It was really a, a, a wonderful time, and it gave me some 
words of encouragement himself for me. And so, um, anyway, so be grateful, be thankful, and repent of the expectations that we have. You know, the one guy who called yesterday, um, am I in sin because I'm not content with being single? And I, I really liked your answer. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Because you're saying that Jesus isn't enough. And all of us have been probably in that place, whether it's the singleness or whatever. Um, And stop and think. You know, you've asked this question before um, many times over the years. I don't think you have lately, but I, I hear it in my head. If Jesus didn't do another thing for you, is him dying on the cross Amen. and making a way for you to go to heaven, forgiving all of your sins, is that enough for you? Yeah, I think, Paula, a lot of people aren't aware of, I, I like the King James because it talks about the utter sinfulness um, of sin. Yeah. And, and I don't. I, I think we think we're worth that bad. Yeah, I, yeah, I used to think my, my sin's not nearly as bad as... As mine. <laughs> no, 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 not so much yours, yeah. you know, but like, say, Hitler. I'm way better than him. Mm-hmm. Um, but sin is sin to Jesus, and, and you say this too. What if, if sin is the color blue? It makes no never mind if it's a light blue or a dark blue. Blue does not get into heaven. And so, um, you see, Pastor Ron, I do listen. <laughs> yeah, you do. Just to let you know, I do pay attention. And, and yeah, uh, to have different degrees in me, like I'm better than anybody else, um, I, I, that's what I need to repent of. Yeah, but see, we th- we think that that well, I, I'm I'm holding on on to unforgiveness yeah. because what that person did to me was unforgivable, yeah. just a horrible thing. Yeah, and and we think that what they did to us is worse than what we're doing to God by holding on to unforgiveness. Yeah. And, um, and 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 because our brain rationalizes that and we justify it, yeah. um, we don't realize just how desperately needy we are. And the only answer is to to pour out your heart to the Lord and say, I'm sorry. You know, when you talked about time alone with with the Lord Mm -hmm. um, during COVID, when you, second time you had COVID, um, you you know, it's one thing to to be an encourager, but even the encourager needs to be encouraged. And God set you up Mm -hmm. for success in your ministry. Yeah, he did. And, And he wanted you to know that I'm with you and that I'm pleased with you. Mm-hmm. You know, in our Bible study this past Sunday, um, when Jesus appeared to Paul and said, I'm pleased with you, you did a good job. As you've testified about me in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. you must also testify of me in Rome. Mm-hmm. And Paul said in his letter to the Romans that he said, I know that when I come to you, I will come with the full measure of God's blessing. Had he had any expectations, he wouldn't have been able to... to, to discern that he was in the full measure of God's blessing because he was a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd been beaten. Um, there were plots against his life. Um, just nothing seemed to be going the way we associate um, with blessing or success. Mm-hmm. And and um, uh, Jesus appeared to him. And I think that's one of the key things is we need to get into a place where the Lord can put his arm around us and say, you know what, you're doing good. Mm. You're doing good. We're hard on ourselves. Yeah. You know, you're hard on yourself. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. And sometimes, you know, like just now you're complimenting me. It's like my my stupid flesh part wants to say, stop. You, you know me better than that. You know, I'm, I'm just a hot mess kind of a thing. But at the same time, thank you. Well, that's that's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants mm-hmm. us to take some time for him to say, you know what, I, I know that things aren't going the way you expected them to. But I'm so pleased because you still hang out with me. You still <laughs> seek me. You still are in the word. Uh, you're still being used uh, in, in, in a ministry sense wherever I send you. And um, you know what? He, I think he wants to tell a lot of us, good job, but we don't have ears to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Jesus would tell us, a lot of us, oh, you have, have I been with you so long <laughs> and you still don't hear? Yeah. And and uh, I just think sometimes we, we have to get rid of those expectations and say, okay, Lord, you told me to do this thing and I've done it. Mm-hmm. And I may not have done it better than anybody else could do it, but I've done it the best I can. Mm-hmm. 
And, and he would just say, you know what? I'm so proud of you. Mm -hmm. I'm so pleased. And I just don't think that we take enough time to give Jesus the opportunity to say that three times the Father declared his pleasure with Jesus. Yeah. Three times. I think he wants to say the same thing to us. Mm -hmm. And we just don't let mm -hmm. him. Well, Paula, we're inside two minutes. This, that fire has gone really fast. It sure has. i got still more stuff to oh, talk cool. about. Uh -huh. like, so you got two minutes before you wrap up this? You can, Well, we can talk about Samson, too. Because mm -hmm. he had more. I mean, he had a messed up life. You know, he was... Self-inflicted wounds. Yeah, self-inflicted wounds, and yet the Lord set him up at the end, you know, being helped, led around like an animal or, or for sport, you know. At the end. that was end. In fact, that was the Bible study that I was teaching when I, when I woke up this morning. Oh, that's the one yeah. with the kids in it? Yeah, they were making sport of him. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. they... they um, he, he was being made fun of, and mm -hmm. they were just mocking, having fun at his expense. Yeah, but they were sorry. But Jesus came near; <laughs> God came near and gave him success. Hey, we've got thirty minutes left in the date day show. We'd love your calls, questions, or comments. Three four zero ninety five eighty five or toll free eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. This is the word to stand up for life. The date day show. We'll be back in two minutes. To the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day show, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Let's go to Kenny on line one. Kenny, I apologize. I didn't even see your name pop up on the screen. Please forgive me. You're on the air. Oh, no worries. Thank you very much, Pastor Ron. Cool. Um, I just wanted to ask a question about, um, you know, everybody is, well, uh, the Lord says, come. I mean, everybody is welcome at his table, correct? Correct. Um, can you talk about a little about what, uh, when the Christ child was born and, and the Lord sent an angel to the shepherds out in the field? And possibly what they were, what they witnessed, and they were obedient to the Lord because then they went to Mary and Joseph, and did they not kneel and worship the Christ child? That they did, Kenny. You know, one of the amazing things about that, it wasn't just an angel. He sent an angelic choir mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the, the reason, and I think this is what Kenny was talking about, the reason that's uh, so impacting is that that shepherds were were sort of the the um, homeless people of the day. They were the 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 outcasts of society, and good people, regular Jews, wouldn't want to hang around um, um, shepherds. Uh, it's sort of like you put your hands in your pocket because they're going to try to pick it. And and yet, those are the very people that God chose to send the choir to. Uh, and announced the good news that today in, in Bethlehem, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. And uh, those shepherds, um, you know, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, the weak things, the, the despised things, even the things that are not. That describes those shepherds, and can it describes all of us. And that's the beauty of of the Christmas story. Everybody can come to Jesus. Now, obviously, we can come to him the way we are. But we have to come to him on his terms. So we can't come to him and say, well, Jesus, um, you made me this way, so I'm sinning, but I'm here now. And, and you can't continue to be who you used to be. The whole glory, the whole miracle of, of, of uh, salvation is transformation. Um, Paul, writing to the churches in Thessalonica, he says, he describes these sinful, horrible way of lives. And then he says, and such were some of you, but now mm -hmm. you are washed, you are justified, you are sanctified. And that's what we're going to do. So everybody can come to him. There's not a single person in the world who is disqualified because of the horror of their sins. 
There's not a single person who's disqualified um, on, on any basis of, of, of socioeconomic classing. Everybody can come, Kenny. And that's the beautiful thing. His arms are open. We who were poor can become rich um, just by coming to Jesus Christ. And, and that is exactly what um, the Christmas story uh, forecast. That's what it proclaims. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that's why we need to be telling people. There's just too many people that don't think God would accept them. I was one of those people. I kept telling Paula before I got saved that, that you know, I got to fix things. Uh, I'm going to come to, to the Lord. I know I'm going to come to him, but I can't come to him this way. I had so much pride that I thought I had to fix things. And that's when things just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And finally, I'm desperate enough to say, if you'll take me, I want you. And <laughs> and, and his arms were open. So, Kenny, I hope that helps. Are you still on the line, Kenny? No, we lost Kenny. Mm-hmm. Great question, especially in the mm-hmm. Christmas season. I like it. Uh, and this is what I'll, you know. Before you do that, okay. I, I forgot to do this at the top. Okay. Would you share what you're doing tomorrow and this weekend? Okay, since that's what I was going to do. Okay. That's what I was doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. T- um, tomorrow, I just asked for prayer because Kenny's question just led that into the little segue that Pastor Ron got. Uh, but the the theme that I'm teaching on, and it was given to me, let every heart prepare him room. Okay, teaching where? I'm teaching at Calvary Chapel, West Houston. And it's a ladies' Christmas dinner. Um and the theme is, let every heart prepare him room. And I love the fact that the, the shepherds were uh, told, and then they said, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it. Now, you're talking about, you know, pickpockets or vagabonds, you know, gypsies basically were these shepherds. But all who heard it, some people are listening. When you get saved or when you see something or hear something so amazing, People listen. They're like, ooh, these people are different. There's something different about them. So all who heard it were amazed, and I'm not going to share that at the thing, but I'm just looking at these scriptures right now at what the shepherds said to them. Um, And they, the the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God, not just singing. They're, They're glorifying God, which means he's bigger than them. And... Um, for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. These people were different. They had been touched. Um, They were terrified when the angel appeared. When the angel appeared, Um, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Uh, And they're like, ooh, why did he come to us? We're the least of the least. And he came to us. It says that there's a, the thing said, um, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Can you just see him now going, who, me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I, you, you must have this wrong, but angels don't, don't have it wrong. Today, um, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Um, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger in that's when the the host, the heavenly host, came down and appeared. And you, you, when you teach that, it's so funny that you know they've been practicing or rehearsing for <laughs> however long. Yeah, we're talking about expectations. <laughs> yeah, this angelic choir. Uh-huh. We're singing for these these guys, yeah. shepherds. What? But and then they can turn and say, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty," you know, um, because. His arms are open wide to everybody. Just not everybody says, okay. But it seems like these shepherds did. So, yeah. So, I'm, I'm teaching on that tomorrow. And everybody knows about Christmas. You know, the whole world. There's, they're, they're aware. And what do I always say? They're accountable. Yeah. We're all accountable. And so, yeah, we're all accountable. And it's let every heart prepare a room, not just... For salvation, but for us who are saved, it's a it's that Philippians where Jesus, who began the good work, will be faithful to complete it. Only if we 
keep our hands down and our hearts open and allow him. We're the only ones. And you said this, I think, last night. We're the only ones, humans, who can quench the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing thing. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. The infinite, unlimited power of God. And there's no force on earth that can limit what he does except... Except us. Individually, we can say no, we can quench the Spirit's work. Yeah. I always have said, Paula, that I think the Holy Spirit of the of the Triune God, He has the most frustrating <laughs> ministry. You know, God the Father sends the Son, the Son dies and is risen from the dead, and mm-hmm. the world is changed. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit is just saying, "Would you please let me bless you? Would yeah. you please listen to listen, me? Listen, follow me. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to tell you all that Jesus said. You know, so you can finish well and you can hear, "Well mm-hmm. done, that good and faithful servant." But, like, I, you know, I tell you with my GPS, <laughs> no, no, I don't want to make the spirit like my GPS. Now, I want Shaniqua to say, girl, didn't I tell you? Turn right at this next corner. Why did you even ask me? You know what? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Huh? If you just want to do it on your own and get lost, I'm done with you. Yeah. Go on and get lost. I'll stop talking. But that's not how our Lord is. If we knew how to do apps and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you could make a Shaniqua. You know, I'm going to work on it. Because mm-hmm. I know how to do some apps and stuff now. No, but I mean, I mean, make the app. Not make just, the app itself. Not just work the app, but well, make the app. Well, I'm going to ask him. We got some techies around here. They can help me out. You know. Didn't See, maybe, maybe we could get rich. We could take care of our building. That would be nice. Yeah. Let's get to work on that. <laughs> anyway, let me get back to where we were. So he sets us up for success, not failure. And then I was thinking of Jeremiah. Oh, man, for 40 years, right? He is preaching. Is, that the, is he the one where the Lord says, stop praying for these people? Yeah, don't, he, he says that to several of the prophets. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they just are not mm-hmm. going to turn, but not a single convert. Jeremiah was a young man, and imagine if the Lord would have told him at the very beginning, okay, my words in your mouth, it's going to burn. Mm-hmm. If you don't, it's going to burn a hole in your stomach. Mm-hmm. But but you, you just go tell people my word. Yeah. Oh, by the way, nobody's ever going to listen. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. And Jeremiah clearly had expectations. You can read Lamentations. He clearly had expectations that, well, somebody is going to listen to me. Mm-hmm. And over the course of those decades, he, he had to come to the realization that, you know what? I must be the worst preacher in the history <laughs> of the world. Yeah. Because nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. And yet his mission was a success in God's eye. Faithfulness. Just, you told him. You told him. And you don't have to, no blood is on your your hands or your head. Jeremiah, you told them. Yeah. But I bet a broken heart for. Ezekiel, the watchman on the wall. Yeah. You know, you got to tell people what to tell you to tell them. Mm-hmm. If you have expectations, okay, well, I'm going to tell them and they're going to get fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, God never makes us that promise. He yeah, says, like, you just do what I tell you to do. Yeah, like Paul. Don't listen to me. No, Paul, they're not going to listen to you. Go over here and talk to the Gentiles. But no, 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 these are my brothers. Yeah, they know me. They know my history. Mm-hmm, I can mm-hmm. convince them. Yeah. Jesus. You said, just go. <laughs> just go. Just go on where I tell you. See, but even he had expectations. And yeah. I think that's... That's part of the human condition. Mm-hmm. And we who are believers, we think that, and, and again, I realize there's spiritual warfare and all the other things, but, but it's just part of who we are. We expect that if we do something a certain way, there's gonna, that, that will affect a certain result. Mm-hmm. And, and God says, no, no, no. Sometimes I just tell you to talk to people so they're, they're, they're accountable. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. We, we, we're puppets in God's hands, um, but we do what we're told. And whether or not we get the result that we prefer, Mm -hmm. well, none of that really matters. No. Yeah. All right, work on the expectations, Miss Paula. Joseph, you know, Joseph's one of my favorites. You know, he went through a lot. Now, he had those dreams. You had a question about dreams this week, but he had some dreams. And then to think, poor Joseph, just shut up, Joseph. You know, he had to go to his family and, Kind of boastfully saying, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's bo- boastful is not in his character. Yeah, I, I know that preaches well for a lot of people. Okay, but but um, I think Joseph was naive. Mm, just talking. 
and and just a pure heart to the pure all things are pure okay and and I think he just exercised bad judgment, but certainly there was no intent um he just I, you know sometimes when the Lord speaks up to you, you think everybody's going to be as happy as you are here that's true, and I think that's where joseph was yeah. there's nothing in joseph's character um in genesis and and more is written about Joseph in Genesis than anybody else um there's nothing in his character that would indicate that, that he was getting a little bit too big for his britches. Okay. Nothing at all. I just think that his brothers were convicted. Oh, now who does he think he is? Mm-hmm. And because he was the favorite son of his father. Um, they just were fed up. Mm-hmm. But we know their character was lacking. Yeah, so. that's true. But I love how at the end, you know, he's gone through all this and... Genesis fifty twenty is one of my favorites where he says to his brothers who he says, I'm going to take care of you. You know, who am I? Am I God? No. God meant it. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. The saving of many lives as it is today. That's success. Yeah. That's success. You know, when you're talking about Samson on the the other side of the break, Mm -hmm. um, I said his were self-inflicted wounds. Joseph's were not. Mm -hmm. And that's so offensive to us. Mm. You know, Joseph was serving the Lord. Joseph was faithful. Why did these bad things mm. happen? Well, Genesis 50 is the answer. God was going to use me. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's going to cost me a lot. But in the end, God wins out. Yeah. Kind of like our story there, Pastor Ron. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 when you were the jerk, you know, had, had I just left... I would have been rolling in the dough, right? <laughs> hey, I'm still running the jerk. Oh, every, no. every Sunday, Ray Ray oh. tells me oh. and everybody else. I love Ray Ray so much. Oh. But he tells, he says, hey, this is Ron the jerk. And, <laughs> and people look at me like, did he just call did he you just a jerk? Did he just say that? Yeah. Because, you know, Ray Ray just, I love Ray Ray because he's the same all the time. Yeah. And he doesn't know if it's somebody he's never seen before. Uh-huh. He doesn't know if they're, they're whatever. He just, this is Ron the jerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a wonderful reminder to me. Mm. That's who I really am apart from Christ. You just let him loose right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's my biggest fan. Ray Ray's a blessing yeah, to us. Yeah, he is, he is. And then you think, oh, Jesus. Jesus' ministry looked like a complete failure. He's hanging on the cross, naked, beat up, you know, spit on. That's the one. I really couldn't stand that. You know, it's bleeding and just, the devil thought he won. It's just like, this cannot be the end. This can't be the end. This can't be how it is. You know, Peter said, no, I'm not having this. But Jesus, he rose on the third day. And from from now, I mean, the Bible's still the number one best-selling book. (laughs) Jesus, uh, he had expectations as well. Now, I, I don't mean that in, a, in an unrighteous way at all, of course. But you remember on the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses and Elijah appeared to him and told him all the things that he was going to suffer. Mm-hmm. I mean, they gave him a minute-by-minute, mm-hmm. blow-by-blow description of what his Passion Week was going to be like. All the frustrations, all the heartbreak, weeping over Jerusalem, um, being being betrayed. Uh, by by men who would kiss him, mm-hmm. um, um, they he Jesus knew all of those things. So his expectation um, was based in reality, and yet he did it anyway. He knew, Father, if there's any way this cup can pass me, he knew that the Father's answer was no. Mm-hmm. And he knew that for the joy set before him, you and me, Paul, and mm-hmm. other believers. Uh, he endured the agony of the cross. And um, humans, um, well, we've been studying it in the book of Acts with Paul, all the people telling him, don't go, don't go to Jerusalem because you're going to be bound and you're going to be abused, you're going to be imprisoned and you're going to die and all those things. Mm-hmm. And and Paul said, look, you're breaking my heart. Stop it. Don't you know by now that I'm willing to die? And he meant it. And he meant it. Well, and he proved it. And he proved it. Because that's exactly where he did. 
he was compelled. That Greek word is he was driven by the Holy Spirit. It's like like uh, th- there was a, a a driver, a chauffeur, and he opened the back door and said, "Paul, here's your chariot." Mm-hmm. He closed the door and then drove him to his death. And he went anyway, yeah. because that's what he was called to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think about it's Christmas, and you know we see the manger scenes everywhere. We even got a little one in our front yard. You didn't put it there, I did. Um, but baby Jesus, I mean, who's afraid how, of baby how Jesus? How long has it been there? I didn't see it. Just yesterday. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just baby Jesus, you know, oh, he's so cute and so nice. He came to save this, save the people, and you know we have. We have Christmas trees and presents and stuff. I already saw a couple of ladies in the store today. This is what they said. I'm sick of shopping already. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> December 1st is tomorrow, you know. My goodness. Just bad attitude already. But um, but baby Jesus didn't didn't stay baby. You remember? I'm sorry. I'm okay. laughing. No, that's you right. remember all those years ago we were with our kids and this lady in in line checking stuff out. Yelling, shout out to her kids and <laughs> screaming at them. I hate you kids. I hate them. And, and her cart was loaded with gifts. Like, yeah. the gifts are going to make all that better. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's how it is. And, you know, again, baby Jesus didn't stay a baby. He's not, you know, he's, I'm sure he was, well, he said he was average, just looked like every other Jewish man in the area. But he has expectations. He's not cute and little. It's like you were talking to Kenny. Um, Jesus has expectations of us. After he gave everything for us, all he wants is for us to love him back. Um, And he says, if you love me, you will obey me. And he has our best interests. I mean, he proved how much he loved us by giving his life. And he gives us the Bible. You know, we think about rules and we just are rebellious, you know. I don't want to do, you know, like Shaniqua. We, I don't want to take her counsel, but she knows what's best. She knows where she's going. Jesus knows where he's going. He's all grown up. He knows the way to get to heaven, and he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through me. And he lays out how that can take place. And we want to do our own thing because... But but we want to do our own thing with the expectation that God's still going to bless us. Still going to bless us, yeah. Why won't God let me do this? We have a, have a son who asks us, well, why won't God let me be successful? Why why doesn't God want me to be, be wealthy? I mean, that's been his drive. That's my fault. That's how I raised him. Um, but um, we just have the sense that, okay, I can do things my way. I'll do good things. And God's got to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Well, the minute we call him Lord, that cannot be the case in our lives. Yeah. It just cannot be the case. And yet that's that's an expectation that we have. And we get angry with God when he doesn't answer our prayers. How many times have we had people say, well, God's not answering my prayers. And we say, yeah, he is. Well, no, he's not. Because I asked for this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And, and I haven't got them. Well, no, he said no. Or he said wait. Mm-hmm. But we have no right to dictate the terms yeah. by which or when God answers our prayers. Yeah. And and sometimes, and I've said this many times in, in our conversations, um, one of the things that we're going to be most grateful for when we have a completely heavenly perspective mm-hmm. is for the prayers he did not answer yeah. the way we wanted them to be answered. Absolutely, He's sovereign. He knows what's best. He sees the beginning the end and everything in the middle, and he's like, "Please don't ask me." Like you, like you, you. He had to tell you one time, "Stop asking me to go get a job." Yeah. You know, because I, if you ask me that one more time, Pastor Ron, it'll be sin. <laughs> it'll be sin. <laughs> Just do what I've called you to do. We're hungry, and yeah. Paul is having to work, and you know, it's a man's job to be. <laughs> he says, "Look, I know all that." <laughs> it was interesting last night. I said that there are two people in my life, Jesus the man and and you, mm-hmm. who uh, I said, Jesus I know for sure has always and only wanted the best for me. Yeah. And they said, for the most part, I believe that's true about you as well. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and if we not can, nearly as good as Jesus. Yeah, well, certainly. we know God. But but I think if we can settle that issue in our in our minds and in our hearts, Paula, um, I, I think we'll stop thinking about God as well, well. Why doesn't He want me to be happy? Or why doesn't He want me to have fun? Or mm-hmm. why doesn't He want me to be rich? Or whatever whatever the issue is, mm-hmm. I think we can settle that once and for all. Maybe Lord, you know I can't handle it. Maybe you know now is not the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have something even bigger and better. Mm-hmm. All I want, Lord, is to be in your perfect will. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, as we now head into December, Paula, um, one of the things I would ask our audience to do is sort of focus on the gift that you're going to give to the Lord. Not that you need to give him anything, but it's his birthday and then why we we get the presents. I know. It's, it's his I know. birthday. It's so weird, huh? Um, but we ought to be able to say, okay, Lord, this year for your birthday. I'm going to keep my hands down and my heart open. Yep. I'm going to give you me. Yeah. Such as it is. Yeah. Not a very good gift. And resolve mm-hmm. to do that. You know, Joe, I was saying Joe's question of how many times he's messed up, you know, and yet the Lord is always arms open saying, I give you a hundred chances or more if you need that. I I just want you. And so for anybody who thinks they've messed up so bad, you haven't. If you're still breathing, there's still an opportunity. Jesus died for all the sins, past, present, and even future. What he wants is better than anything you can imagine. Hey, thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. I'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.